Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, today's guest is Maureen Baig, a former teacher, examiner, writer and broadcaster who is best known for her Saturday afternoon show on BBC's Asian Network. Maureen has launched an innovative education meets entertainment series on YouTube called Glow Up Your Grades, made for a generation whose education was disrupted by the COVID pandemic and aimed at filling the gap in GCSE learning and helping students to succeed. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. Maureen has loads of advice to help students prepare for their exams and boost their mental health and well-being at the same time. So without further ado, let's get straight into chatting with her now. Hi, Maureen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So your Glow Up Your Grades channel is really helpful in breaking down what students need to know about their GCSEs. Why did you decide to leave teaching and use the last of your savings to set it up? Well, I left teaching a few years ago now, about five years ago. And that was um, simply because I completely by accident... um, the BBC found me and asked me to come and work for them. Um, And for a year, I tried to be Hannah Montana and balance both. So I was teaching by day and then I was filming in the evenings and the weekends. Um, But that wasn't sustainable. So when I thought I had something stable I could move to, I thought it was actually my dad who said opportunities don't come around forever. So you should go and give this a go. Um, Because I started teaching at 21, as soon as I'd left university, I'd never experienced anything else. I'd always been in the classroom. So that's when I had left teaching. Then obviously, during um, the pandemic, when there were the school closures and everybody was talking about, everyone had an opinion on schools and teachers and what they should be doing and whether we should reopen schools and how we should do it safely. And parents got a taste of what it's like to teach their own children. Um, during that time, my so I come from a family of teachers. My, my brother's a teacher. My sister's a teacher. My brother's wife, my cousins. Education is literally, it's, it's in our blood. Um, and my brother's disabled. So him going back into school with at a time when we didn't really even know what COVID was. It was it was a really scary concept. So I found myself being dragged back into 
education um, and into the discourse. And I was sort of on social media. I was having a lot of Twitter spats with people. Um, And during that time, I started then volunteering when schools were opening. Again, I started going back into schools and volunteering and helping out tuition centres any days that I wasn't working and at the weekend. So that's kind of how I slid back into education. Um, Now, I taught in an area called Tottenham, where I was brought up myself. Um, The majority of our students are not from wealthy backgrounds at all. And while I saw the private school where my sister teaches, her students throughout lockdown were getting live online lessons with their uh, class teacher, according to the school timetable, whereas a lot of our students didn't even have a laptop. So they missed out on, I mean, if you think about year 10s, they missed out on the two most important educational years of their lives. Year 10 and 11, two years where they get taught everything for their GCSE exams, the first big exam they're going to sit they didn't have any lessons or they had to do some form of kind of online learning whenever they had a lesson. It wasn't, they missed out on such a great chunk of their curriculum. It just didn't seem fair. It wasn't fair. Um, Then a few, gosh, how was it? A year ago now, maybe less than a year ago, I was in a tuition center and um, I was working with some of the year 11s. And these are the kids who are, you know, they're choosing to come in on a Saturday. They are good kids. They want to do well. They want to work hard. And they sat in front of me. And I remember I said, right, we're going to recap your poems because you've got your exams in a couple of months. We're going to go over your your 15 poems. And they said, miss, we don't know our poems. I said, what do you mean? Your exams are in a couple of months. And they said, well, we did poetry last year online during lockdown and So we don't, we never even got through all of them. And I thought these kids are literally going to sit their exams in a couple of months and they don't even know, forget like, oh, they need, they don't know them well. They didn't even, they hadn't read them. They didn't know their poems. And I thought I've got to do something. Um, And that's how I guess Glow Up Your Grades was born. That's where the idea came from. That's when I thought, I can't sit around and wait for someone to commission this to be on BBC Bite Size or someone, I have to make something and make it soon so that these kids at least have their base level knowledge so they can go into these exams and give it a good shot. I know for me, education, I we were always taught and it very much is, education was like our key to break out of our, our upbringing. It was how we were able to make a better lives for our parents, for ourselves. We can't deny the children who need that opportunity the most. We can't deny them of that opportunity. So I thought, well, got the last bit of my savings because my father got very sick during COVID um, while he was in Pakistan. So I had a little bit of that of my savings left because the rest of it had gone on his treatment. And... I thought, well, I might as well do something worthwhile with it. So I decided I was going to make this YouTube series and just, yeah. Um, Luckily, though, I, at a very, very last minute, when I was about to hand over the money to this lovely guy who'd agreed to film and edit for me, because I don't know how to use a camera. I don't know how to edit. I'm not good at the the technical parts. Um, 
a friend put me in touch with Al Brown from Future Studios. Um, and he said, I just think before you do this, you should speak to Al. I think that you're going to get on. And literally a couple of hours later, I had a chat with Al from Future. And a couple of hours later, Al had agreed that they were going to invest and make these videos for me. So that's how that's how it happened. <laughs> Fantastic. And yeah, you're so right. Education is so important and it should be the same for everybody, shouldn't it? Depend, not depending on your background. So for anyone who hasn't seen Glow Up Your Grades, tell us what it's all about. Glow Up Your Grades is so I, like I say, I taught for 10 years and I was an examiner during that time. The one thing I know is like how to make kids pass their English GCSEs and yeah, um, the, the content, what they need to know, how they need to write their essays. So Glow Up Your Grades is basically, it takes you through your English language and your English literature GCSEs. And there's a video on every poem kids um, need to know what the poem is about, how to analyze it, key quotations. Then we go through some key texts like um, Shakespeare, Macbeth, um, we go through creative writing, the English language papers, what to expect, how many marks each question is, how basically it teaches you all the content, skills, tips and tricks even that you need to know so that every child can literally just watch the Glow Up Your Grades videos. I, th I think they're 48 videos and you don't need to watch all of them because you either do love and relationship poetry or you do power and conflict. So you can literally watch, let's say, 33 videos. And if you just watch them, you can go in and pass your GCSEs with a really good grade. That's amazing. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we want to hear. So we often think of kids cramming their revision kind of in April and May. But what could be done in the year leading up to their exams? When, when should they be starting? I mean, this is this is a pro this has been a problem since I first started teaching. Um, probably worse now, but I think everyone and it's it's very typical. Um, I probably did it when I was a teenager. Everyone underestimates just how much revision you have to do um, for your GCSE exam. So you kind of put it off and you think, well, I've, I've still got a year left. I've still got six months left. And what what children don't realize is when you've got seven, eight, nine or 10 subjects and each subject has got more than one exam. Simply for English, you've got four exams that you need to sit and within a single exam, you'll have, you know, two texts that you have to aren't, uh, write essays on. It's a lot of content. So actually, rather than leaving all your revision, even until the last two months or one month or three months, if you start revising the things that you were learning in year 10 at the start of year 11. So you're almost giving yourself homework and you're saying, I'm learning this in school, but then we did this at the start of year 10 and I'm going to start going over that after school for an hour a day. Just an hour a day is not, even if you did half an hour a day, it's not that much time, but it means you're not kind of starting from scratch and trying to cram an unrealistic amount of revision within that last month. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely say that in year 10, it's about going in and learning, coming home and just going over what you've learned. So going over what you learned half, half, last half term, for example. So just half an hour a day, you're just revising as you go. In year 11, you're learning new content, but you start revising the things that you did in year 10. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. Um, and it just means you're on top of it. So you are literally like just refreshing your memory as it comes closer to the exam rather than trying to now figure out what the key quotes are you should have learned key quotes 
ages ago. And it would have made your life so much easier if as you learnt each poem, you wrote down a flashcard of the three key quotes from that poem and some analysis. And you just wrote those notes down that night. It will take you about 15 minutes to do that for one poem maximum. But it means that flashcard is made. You're not trying to make it at the end of year 11. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's done then, isn't it? And it keeps you fresh in your mind. Exactly that. Yeah. Yes. And I suppose it affirms that you've actually taken in what you're learning that that time. hundred percent, definitely. But like I say, who tells you to do that when you're 15, 16 years old? And do you listen? I wish every student was told and listened um, that they should, I mean, 15 minutes a day at the end of every every English lesson that they have in year 10 and 11, if they just came home and wrote down some key notes, key quotes for each character that, or from the scene that they just read in school, it would make their lives a lot easier. Yes, good advice. <laughs> so what should a pupil do if they're worried about their mock exams or they're not getting very good grades? Watch glow up your grades. <laughs> <laughs> um, mock exams, I think treat them like the real thing. Every time you have a mock, I don't think you should sit back and sort of n- no, tell yourself it's a mock exam. You should always go in there and do the preparation as if it's the real exam. Um, I'd say firstly, to so take it very, very seriously because it gives you a really good indication of where you are and what you need to improve. But if you know you're going to put more effort in than the real thing, it's not, then you don't really know where the gaps in your knowledge are. So treat it like the real thing. Um, I think a little bit of nerves are a, are a good thing. Um, I know a lot of students last year were feeling really anxious and they were like, oh, I, I think there's something wrong with me because I, and there's nothing wrong with you. It'd be very weird if you if you weren't feeling a little bit anxious leading up to any exam, a mock exam or the real thing. So I think it's really important for students to realise and young people to realise that it's it's normal and healthy to feel um, to feel nervous and anxious before an exam. Um, and if you're not getting the grades that you want, like I say, you use that mock exam you get the paper back and you ha- you can't just put it to the side and say, this is the grade I got. I got a grade three and that's that. I got a grade five and that's that. You have to then say, you know, ask your teacher. No teacher will say no. Ask your teacher if they are free at any point in the next couple of weeks to sit down with you and go through exactly what you did wrong, where you need to improve. Because that's the point of a mock exam. It's not just to get your grade and put it to the side. It's to see, okay, I went wrong here, here and here. That's a great thing. to. It's a great thing to not get the grade that you want in your mock exam because you're not going to repeat the same mistake in the real thing. So you shouldn't look at it as like, you shouldn't feel, you know, dejected by you. You need to realize and learn from it and say, this is where I went wrong. I didn't write enough or I didn't use quotations or I need to do this more. And you will never, you won't do that in the real thing. So you should make as many mistakes as you can in your mock exams because it will fix it for the real thing. Yes, use it as a tool. Yeah. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I love your mission is to make school cool. And I think that's great because do you feel that 
generally kids are feeling quite despondent about school, particularly post the pandemic. A hundred percent. And I think part of that is obviously because the pandemic changed everything. It changed the way parents work. It changed the way schools operate. It changed students' attitude towards school. People, um, it's very difficult to, I think, stay motivated when you feel like you don't, you're so behind that you don't even know where to catch up. Um, school's hard enough. It, it's hard. It's, it was hard when I was growing up. It was. It's school is can be a really tricky place. Um, but if you top that off off with the fact that these kids have missed out of two years of socialising and their education, of, like I think it's more difficult now. But um, I also think with the rise in with the rise of social media. This is a generation that we're talking to now that has grown up on social media. They don't know life without it. And they they have, image. and I know people talk about this all the time, it's quite cliche, but they have these like perfect images of people earning lots of money and living these very glamorous, luxurious lives at their fingertips. They have TikTok, they have Instagram, they are on this all the time. How do you motivate a student to go and learn about Pythagoras' theorem or about Shakespeare when what they're seeing in front of them is just people living their best lives on yachts and they don't really get to see any of the struggle, any of the hard work. Was there struggle? Was there hard work? I mean, it's 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 difficult because school is not what they're aspiring to, uh, to anymore. It's not the cool thing. It's not what they desire. It's not what they want. So I think for a generation that's grown up on social media for a generation that has got these hyper glamorous images in front of themselves. I think we need to show that actually it's it's cool to be clever and you do need an education and you, you know, it's fine if they want to grow up and make a living on social media, that is fine. But you also need an education to fall back on. You also need an education to just give you a solid platform before you go off and do whatever you're going to do on social media. I think it's really, really important to make school seem appealing because school right now is the, is probably the least appealing thing. Yes, there's, school is the least the least appealing thing, I think, in the list of things that they're looking at. It's not up there. And I think, I don't think students, young, I don't think young people know the value of education anymore. I don't think they, I don't think they understand the value that it can bring to their lives. I don't think they, I think they need to be told. Do you think it feels old-fashioned compared to everything they see 100%. on social media? It's exactly that. That's the that's the right way to put it. I think school and getting a good education, I think it seems like something, oh, your parents may be telling you, or it's it seems old-fashioned. It seems and it seems unattainable. You know, if you if you struggle at school, then it's it probably seems a lot easier for you to create a fancy life for yourself by taking photos w- rather than trying to learn maths. So actually, it's about making making an education accessible, making it seem attainable, making it engaging, and making it seem fun and young and cool and beneficial and all those all those things. So global grades is actually like I always say. I say it's like it's a it's a movement. It's not just videos that I've put up. It's something that I hope kids enjoy watching on a platform that they regularly use. I want them to find the like when they're reading Macbeth I want them to actually enjoy hearing the stories everyone loves hearing a good story I want them to 
really understand it and love it. And I want them to look at someone who might be a little bit like them or have a similar background to their own and be like, I don't mind being a little bit like her. I do. I, I, maybe I could be a little bit like her. Um, and I actually, I think it's, I think it's so important and needed. And I really feel like we can change the world with this. If, if we create a community of young people who are enjoying learning and, they they want to learn and they are learning and they are talking to each other and helping each other and they that's going to be really that's going to be really great because what's the alternative you have a bunch of people growing up who are who feel disengaged from school who are not going to have a solid education who are going to therefore grow up there'll be a rise in poverty a rise in crime a rise in it's not a it's not a world that will be very nice to live in if we don't make kids if we don't start investing in in young people and their education again so in what ways do you think the education system should change and perhaps be a bit more like low up your grades i think that this isn't at all a criticism of of schools and teachers because state schools in particular i mean that's my background that's what i can really talk about they are doing the very best they can with the minimal resources that they are given but I mean my decade of teaching correlated with the decade of austerity in Britain and I even when I was teaching it was very normal to buy stationery and food for your students from your own pocket that has got so much worse now schools do not have enough stationery they don't have enough this year one of my friend's schools, they didn't have enough exercise books. Because they were going around in the first um, couple of days of school and they were literally just trying to find enough exercise books for the students to write in, um, let alone having dictionaries or any other like wider facilities or resources that um, that some that pri- some private schools offer their students. In those circumstances where class sizes are getting bigger, you've now got 35 students in a classroom. You've got teachers who aren't qualified in a certain subject being forced to teach that subject. What You can't give students the partial support they need. You can't... What what can schools do? They're doing everything they can. We need to fund schools better. If we give schools enough money, if we stop slashing youth services and mental health services and we and we give schools the money that they need to operate properly, then maybe they can be more like lower grades in the sense that maybe they can, teachers will be finally be given the space and the time to plan their lessons so that they can plan fun activities so that they can give every individual student the support that they need, whether that's stretching them because they are um, really able or whether that's giving them differentiating and giving them support if they're struggling in their class. They can identify those students so students aren't falling between the gaps. But right now they can't do that because schools don't have any money. And what can parents be doing, particularly in year 10 and 11, to support and encourage their children to embrace all that education can give them? I always say that it's not enough to say, have you done your homework? Um, And particularly when schools are in such a crisis right now, and particularly when we've got a national teacher shortage. And so when, when schools are struggling and not and we know they're not able to give students everything that they need right now. It is not enough for parents to say, have you done your homework? Okay. Or are you upstairs in your room doing your homework? Okay. 
parents need to be even, and I know parents are busy and they're working, and the, but parents need to, where possible, need to sit down with their child, even if that's for half an hour every couple of days and sort of say, okay, let's go over and do your homework together or let me check what you've done. So read out and explain what you've done to me or you're reading this book. Um, so let's start writing out some, the three like key quotations from what you did in school today. They need to be sitting with their child. The most important, the most valuable thing you can give your child rather than buying them a PS5 or rather than it's, it's time Mm-hmm. And what kids need, it takes a village to re- raise a child. And what kids need right now is they need their parents to be sitting with them wherever possible. I know it's not always easy, but you should have half an hour to give your child every couple of days to sit down, just recap what they've done in school, look over their school notes, get them to not just show you, but actually explain what they've done to you. And you can see whether it's, is that all you've managed to write in English today? Or, okay, is this a scene you did? Tell me what happened in that scene today. So you're kind of revising with them. And you don't have to have the knowledge yourself to be able to do that. You're asking them to explain it to you. Um, 100%, yes, because if they, that's exactly it. A lot of parents don't know, they don't understand what the students are doing in school. So they can't actively sort of teach them at home, but you can get them to explain it to you and say, I don't really understand, explain it to me again. So, and by, by your children teaching you, they are learning and consolidating that knowledge themselves. Um, also I think parents, and again, it might, it might, I feel like if I, when I was a teacher, I would like parents to ask me if I could tell them what my child should be learning or give me something that I can test my child on. And I, I'd like to think that the majority of teachers would give parents, uh, 15 minute meeting one day after school or even a phone conversation or email over some resources. So what you can do is you can quiz your child and you can sort of read out a quotation that's got a missing word in it and they have to fill in the blank, for example. Do you know what I mean? So you mm. it, it'd be in an ideal world, it'd be really great for schools, teachers and parents to be working together to support children. But again, I know that everyone is stretched for time right now. I know everyone is just stretched right now so yes yeah so do you have any success stories from glow up your grades that you can share with us oh goodness I've got do you know (laughs) um it came to results day and I suddenly I woke up and I had messages on our YouTube channel I had comments on our YouTube channel I had messages on my TikTok the Glow Up Your Grades TikTok I had messages on my Instagram and I sort of woke I didn't I knew it was results day but I kind of didn't think that when students receive their results they would even think back to glow up because you wouldn't it's your it's your moment it's your success it's such an important day for you and I I literally woke up and I had all of these messages on my phone from people who said, I just want to let you know, I got an eight or I got a nine or I got a seven, but I was predicted a three or a four or a five and your videos saved me. And it was, it was genuinely one of the best things that's happened to me in years. It was one of the best moments. There's no, so I can't give you an individual success story for Glow Up, can I? Not from the top of my head, but I know that I was inundated with messages um, on the Glow Up account from kids who would use the videos who really said it really, you know, 
change. That's wonderful. Change their grade. It is. It That's really is. so great to be making such a difference. I knew when I was, ma- I think when I was making the videos, it was a very quick turnaround because like I say, we we didn't have long and it was like, okay, so now I've got to write the scripts of 48 videos, get all the, what's the key information that I need to get in, in sort of 15 minute videos. Whereas, you know, for example, Macbeth is something you would spend a half term, like six weeks at least teaching. And I was like, okay, I've got three 15 minute videos that I've got to teach everything in. So it was such a it was such a busy time. Then it was the filming, then it was the editing, and it was getting the videos out in time for the exams. And then it was kind of summer and it was it was quiet because exams were done. On results day, it was a real reminder. It was a real rush of, oh gosh, people, kids used the videos and they worked. So it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. Fantastic. And lots more coming for kids going into GCSEs this year. Yeah, I, um, gosh, I don't know if I'm allowed to announce it. There are, Glow Up Your Grades is um, growing. I am very, 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 very pleased about it. I need, I want to hopefully make more videos for texts that we haven't covered. Like, for example, we haven't done a Christmas carol and I've had lots of requests of students saying, can you do that? Um, so the more videos that I want to make, um, but then also we're looking at other ways that we can expand global grades and hopefully move on to other subjects at some point. I don't know, I feel like the opportunities with it are endless. Um, young people will always need help and support. And I, do you know what? It also helps teachers. I feel like actually teachers who are working so bloody hard, they can, if they really want, they've got 48 lessons that are planned for them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah. they and they can go and they can just watch them and pause the videos at whatever stage they need to. So actually, it's also there to help schools and teachers. I just I hope it helps everyone. That's great. Well, we have a series of questions that we ask all of our guests. So I'm going to fire them at you if that's okay. I'm excited. So what are the two things you would tell your 18 year old self if you had the chance? Or maybe we should say 16 for you. As we're talking <laughs> about GCSEs. <laughs> I would tell myself that the world is difficult, life is difficult, but I shouldn't let it, I shouldn't let it make me doubt myself and my abilities. I was really, really, really confident as a 14, 15, 16 year old. I really, I thrived in school. I was really confident in my abilities. And then something happens in your 20s where like, and then actually even in your 30s where, I mean, life happens. And like I say, like things are are chucked at you, whether it's like my father's illness, whether it's things with your career, whether it was me joining telly, whether it's, and you start to doubt yourself and how great you are. And I wish I could tell myself then that don't, don't let the world dampen your spirit. Like you, you believe you can take over the world. Like you need to keep believing that. I love that. Yeah, I, it's weird that you asked me this because I was talking about this the other day with my best friend and I was, I mean, exactly this. Um, so don't let life break you. Keep believing in yourself and your greatness. Um, and I think I'd tell myself happiness is a choice. I don't think you can wait for things to come, like work out your way. I don't think you can sit and wait for things to make you happy. I think you have to actively decide to be happy and it's it's a it's a choice that you've got to make and it's not always easy with things that are going on around you but 
you've got to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to make this a good day. And if it's not a good day, I'm still going to choose to like use whatever has happened and turn it into something positive. So like I say, COVID was a really difficult time. My father nearly died. My brother was in a very, very vulnerable position. And actually what I did, what I'm probably most proud of is I channeled that energy and that anxiety and that worry. And I thought I'm going to do something really positive with this. And I create something that hopefully will help children for years to come. Yeah, 100%. So what are three things that you love to do every day? What gives you a great start and routine to the day? I end my day by praying every night. I cannot, I would not be able to fall asleep if I didn't. And that's kind of my time to... I guess it's like my version of a gratitude journal. It's my time to thank God for all the things that I have got, things that you take for granted, things that you, just the fact that you have your family, just the fact that you are healthy and well, the fact that you ate good food that day, whatever it may be, just thank God for all the things that I have, but also kind of set my intentions for like the things I'm praying for, the things that I am hoping for and wishing for. So that's my night time. Um... Gosh, during the day, if I get to read, it's the it's the biggest joy I would ever get. It's just like reading. Um, I love it so much. I went on a holiday with my sister um, a couple of months ago and we were away for five days. And we both, my sister read eight books in that time and I read six books in that time. Reading <laughs> is the greatest, greatest escapism and the greatest joy. That um, sounds idyllic. <laughs> it was, it was great. And I always say, I'm like, I just love getting into different relationships via my books. Like sometimes I'm dating a doctor. Sometimes it's just, it's great. I love reading romance novels. Um, and I love in the morning, I love going for a walk and I don't always get to do it. Sometimes if work starts really early, then I don't get to do it. But I think that sets me up for the day really nicely. I like to wake up and go for a walk. And I tell my students that too. I say, especially during the lead up to your GCSE exams, get yourself up and out in the morning and go for a walk for half an hour or even an hour. Um, And I found that that has really helped me with my anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I do the same. Mm. So what would be the one piece of advice you would give to a student who's worried about their GCSEs? Um, I would say that you can sit there and worry, which is fine but actually we need action. So what you need is you need to sit down. Step one is make a list of all the things that you need to do. I love a list. Make a list of all the things you need to revise for or all the things that you're kind of worried about, um, the subjects it could be or particular topics that you are worried about. And then draw out a little timetable for the next maybe two weeks and slot in some of those places. Make it realistic. Don't say you're going to like, revise for three subjects in one day, but maybe fit in one topic for a Monday and a Tuesday and say by Monday and Tuesday or Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm just going to go over that one topic until I feel like I've done it. Um, And then for the next couple of days, I'm going to go over another topic and just go two weeks at a time and slot in topic by topic. And then hopefully between now and the next couple of months, or let's say now and the next three months, if you keep doing that solidly and all you're doing is half an hour of a topic every day, in the next couple of months, you'll feel like you're in a much better place. So you need to sit down, make a list, draw out a timetable, slot in. So every couple of days you are, you are finishing off a topic 
And in the next couple of months, you'll feel a lot better. Also, whatever happens, happens. As long as you try your best, life always has a plan. Life always, oh, that's something I tell my 16, 18 year old self. Sometimes things don't work out and you can't figure it out at the time and you feel really down and you feel really upset about it. But you've got to believe that there is, I genuinely believe that there is a plan that's set out for you and eventually all the dots connect. And I found every time something hasn't worked out and I felt really upset about it, whether it's in one month or one year or five years, I've said, oh goodness, if that hadn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And all of that led me to what I'm doing right now. Even if if I look at Glow Up, I I think I wasn't meant to be a teacher. I was meant to do medicine. I was meant to be a doctor. I didn't, I missed my grades. I ended up going into teaching as like, a backup or well, doing an English English degree as a backup. I was meant to do medicine. If that had, it was a horrible, horrible time. I was so upset. If I didn't do English as my degree, I wouldn't have gone into teaching. If I didn't go into teaching, I wouldn't have found my calling. But then I left teaching. I joined telly. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. It all kind of led me to making Glow Up, which is now the main part of my career. It's the thing that I'm most excited about. It's the thing that I feel has like brought me back to life. And I just feel like you've got to trust that those dots will connect. So whether it, however you're feeling, you've just got to try your best at every stage and just wait for life to kind of happen. Yes. Gosh, that's so much great advice there. Thank you so much for everything today. That's been really, really helpful. I think that even if students take out just one aspect of what you said, it's going to really make a difference to them. Thank you. I'm sorry I talk a lot and I I talk for a long time. So I hope within that you were able to kind of unscramble and make sense of what I'm saying <laughs> absolutely and um and yeah and we'll keep checking out glow up your grades and see what's happening fantastic brilliant thank you so much you can read more about Maureen's initiative on the Birmingham Live website and on the Brummie Mummies Facebook page and on Instagram and you can watch her videos for yourself on her glow up your grades YouTube channel Brummy Mummies is a laudable production which you can download or stream on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Follow Brummy Mummies on social media and sign up to our free newsletter. See you next time.